Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh my God, they're only doing sex in the city again. This truly is the worst idea of all time. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to episode eight Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered of Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery's watch along with the wickedly talented, the one and only, and just like that. Uh, it is the reboot, reconstituted, yesterday's muck cooked again meal of the Sex and the City universe as set in the current era. We are recording this in the year 2022, and we've both recently watched the eighth episode of the 10-episode season. They are doing stuff, Tim. They're doing a lot of stuff. I'm good, man. This was probably my favorite episode of the series so far. I do feel like I'm on board, and uh, there was enough. Maybe maybe it was the conditions of which I I watched it on a TV again. Huge treat. Mm -hmm. What a Mm. treat. Watched it on a TV with Zoe and my wife, and um, we had a good time. Yeah, this, yeah. Did you do this cool. uh, yesterday evening? Yes, watched it last night at an appropriate TV watching time, and I was God. so tired. I see. It's fascinating, isn't it, how how much that can contribute to a positive viewing experience. Not like, I mean, watching it with a, another person obviously can help, but watching it at a time when you associate with watching television, you know, not watching it in a weird little corner of your day where you can just sneak one past the goalie. Um, I'd love to hear about your shared viewing experience. I know that you're up to speed with the season. Zoe, I imagine, as a woman of refined taste, has been choosing to dip in and out, perhaps? Correct. Tell me about it. Set the scene, brother. All right. So listen. Got a lot of threads happening in this episode. Basically, this this is an episode of, and just like that, of big chats. Chats with husbands, chats with children, chats with downstairs neighbors. There's a lot of chatting. This whole show is basically just chats, really. A mm. lot of chats. Oh, do you know what? Big chats and big dicks. We had Absolutely. not one, but two hogs in this yeah. uh, episode of In Just Like That. And I tell you, Suddenly. guy, I missed Runkle's penis on the watch. I didn't even clock that it was on screen. It is on screen quite briefly, but it's a, it's a big penis. And I looked it up uh, just before we got on the record. Yeah, there it is. You've got a guy's just waved a screen in front of me with um, a screenshot he's taken on his phone of it. So much uh, to to enjoy here. So, like, physically so much with respect to Runkle's elephant cock. And also, it seems crazy to me that in the eighth episode of a 10-episode run, they're like, we haven't featured a single penis. We've got to get penis heavy. And boy, Mm. do they. I, look, uh, it's, it's... I don't know if it's worth speculating, but I imagine Runkle, due to the the sort of, you know, his his, uh, standing as an actor, I feel like this is prosthetic. I feel like that's not his his real penis. I looked it up before I got on the call with you. So this is the sequence of events, Guy. Last night, I watched the episode and I, for somehow, one reason or another, miss Harry Goldenblatt's cock being on screen. Cut to this morning about an hour ago, and someone on Twitter has taken me into a tweet saying, hey, Tim, can't wait to hear what you two have to say about Runkle's cock. And I said, 
what are you talking about? And they said, well, this is what we saw in the UK. What did you boys get in New Zealand? So I went back and rewound the tape, the VHS that I had uh, of episode eight of And Just Like That. And lo and behold, for about, mm, I would say, eight tenths of a second, we do see Charlotte about to blow Harry with his um, his penis swinging in the wind in the bathroom. And um, so I looked it up to see if it was uh, even handler's penis because we now I can't remember who this was, but when we were in LA, we were talking to someone who was either like a celebrity or sort of celebrity adjacent who, from memory, told us a story about Evan Handler getting his penis out, like at a party. Uh, Does that I, ring any I, bells? Yeah, only just. I had wiped. You know, you you pick up so much miscellaneous in a lifetime. There's only yeah. room for X amount of it, and that one until you'd unearthed it just then, blowing some of the dust off this archaeological memory. I couldn't remember it, but I mean, it, it makes. And this is not to say that perhaps you know. Evan Handler's penis isn't even larger in real life. Maybe but it is. There's something about his standing in the series as an, as an, as an actor that sort of just suggested to me, because uh, it's quite out of the blue, that yeah. uh, it, it wasn't his penis. Whereas later on, we see there's a, a, a handsome sort of debonair mm. asshole who's dating Carrie's hip younger neighbor who lives beneath her. And we yeah. see what is, I, I have to trust, the. the the genuine bona fide article, which is yes. a sort of penis at turgid time. And, you know, it's incredible to think, isn't it, that on the back end of watching a, a year's worth of softcore pornography and, you know, a, a man whose sole ambition in life is to inspect a boner, ideally, mm. but I'm sure a mm. turgid cock would also, you know, satisfy some part of his needs. It is a cruel irony that it's not until we delve into the world of and just like that that we I, I feel bombarded. Um Yeah, it's interesting that that like I I really I really liked uh Charlotte's storyline like across the entirety it, of What's the and just like Charlotte? that season. I will. Miranda and Charlotte standing. I came into this season, you know, I, I'm I've I've said it before, I said it again. Charlotte and I have had a hard time with each other. And I've always had a soft spot for Miranda, but the pendulum of favor is swinging. Uh, basically, in this episode, Charlotte is putting Harry under pressure to wear a, a fitness ring, and Harry, he doesn't want it. I can't even call him Harry. Uh, and eventually, they're sort of having a bit of fun in the bathroom. Their relationship's actually in pretty good stead. And he says, well, if, you're gonna, you know, if you want me to wear your ring, you've got to do it properly. And she gets down on bended knee and proposes that Harry wears this fitness ring. And Harry says, yes, and, and this is cheeky, but, you know, what happens inside of a marriage is entirely someone else's business. He says, while you're down there, perhaps you could tend to my elephant hog. And he doesn't call it an elephant hog, but it's You're implied. paraphrasing a little. And Charlotte's sort of like, mm, do we have time? And Rungle says, yeah. And I think, I like this. I like yeah. this for these guys. Like, I'm yeah. happy for them. And uh, he he unfills... His, he undoes his pants and his penis comes out and Charlotte's about to, to, to get to work and then they've left the bathroom door open and Lily marches up to the door and they both panic. Charlotte slams the door in her daughter's face and basically the uncertainty of whether or not Lily saw what was happening and Charlotte's fear, both of it being seen and also then being a prude and setting a poor you know, sex negative example for her daughter dictates her storyline for the entire episode. She again... Three episodes running gets given one of the most fantastic lines on the episode and in the show, which was, um, I was just checking daddy's penis for cancer. Mm. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. It fu doesn't matter a, who you are. It's, it's a, a funny, funny sequence of words to put all together in a yeah. sentence. And it's a funny lie. But, you know, like... I just, I liked, I, I, especially later on in the episode, basically in this episode, we're, we're still fucking looking for some justice for Steve here. Steve has been oh like God. an absent party oh in the God. demise Tell of his marriage. Uh, Miranda's entire story arc in this episode is that she, uh, Shay, and I actually want to talk to you about this. We'll set the table, eh? We'll set the scene. First thing we see, and my eyes, you know, rolled all the way back in my head until I was looking at my own skull uh 
the 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 episode opens with Shay Diaz hosting an LGB or oh, LG oh no I've humiliated myself LGBTQT plus I believe LGBTQI uh, plus brother. QI I must I I apologize to my intersex brethren but I uh, and. She's doing an abysmal job, but people are loving it. They're going ballistic. Well, yeah. Hold, fuck, so oh, you missed oh, the word. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Have, I've got a, You have the adjective, but I've written down in my notes. I said Miranda is at an LBGTQI concert, protest, demonstration, yeah. middle of the day in a park. Weird number of people there. So I'm not. It's like, and it's cold. Shay it, is, like, it's a. It looks like a, a a rough autumnal day for this event, and the turnout reflects that. And Shay's rousing the crowd like there's some yeah. sort of proposed law they're trying to get on the books or overturn or whatnot, doing doing a good job at whipping up the crowd. But then it's sort of like, it's just very confusing as to what exactly this event is that Shay is emceeing. Um, but the important parts here are Miranda is in attendance and so is Brady. Yeah. And uh, we just get to see a glimpse of Brady, and it's you know it's heartening to see Brady and his and partner, whose name I still can't remember, at the rally. Miranda becomes very embarrassed and starts scuttling away just as Shay is ramping up to a speech about how hiding is is so five years ago. It's not cool. You got to live your full life. And then afterwards, we have this conversation where Shay confronts Miranda, who's returned with coffees, to say, "I saw you scuttling away there. What's with that shit?" And Miranda says, "Ah, oh, my son was here. I didn't want my son to see." And Shay says, well, what, what didn't you want your, your son to see? Does your sh- son not know about me? And uh, Miranda's like, yeah, no, doesn't know about you, doesn't know about me. And then Shay has made the assumption that Miranda is in an open marriage. And it's sort of, it, it, again, I enjoyed it because I felt like we were in, not morally murky, but slightly ambiguous waters over whose responsibility it is and what situation to to open these conversations in their relationship. And um, I thought this know, was awesome. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I First of all, I thought that Shay, and I don't know the actor's name who portrays Shay, but I thought they did a fantastic job in this scene. Like, I bought it. I bought the outrage. I really did. I thought I, it, it also struck me that Cynthia Nixon and I was watching this scene play out. And I was like, it's so, it's so funny that she very recently ran for New York governor and then lost and is now like, ah, I guess I'll go and do this again. Um, Miranda really has one gear. Like Cynthia Nixon has one gear and it is an apologetic approach with a smile where it's like, I'm on the back foot and unwilling to fully admit to that but i will try and sort of smile my way through um making a mistake so the situation is great you know classic misunderstanding classic mix-up miranda's been out and out cheating on her husband yeah like that there's no two ways about it and shay has been of the understanding that steve has sort of known about this at least in um format you know at least in the possibility that Miranda is sort of, there's an agreed arrangement within the relationship that she can um, be involved with other people outside of the marriage in a sexual way. But uh, Steve doesn't know any of this shit. And it's just a great reminder that it doesn't matter how um, confused you are or in an exploration zone with your own sexuality, that doesn't excuse you fucking around on your partner. No, yeah, it it it's, it does not dismiss common decency, and that's something that Shay sees, and Miranda basically doesn't. Her entire life is in revolution, and accordingly, just basic social etiquette has gone out the window as well. Because Miranda's episode, and it is again, it is incredible to think like so. I, I, you know, what would this series be if Cynthia Nixon made it into office, like? I just cannot see a harder pivot in someone's life than her not getting voted in and being like, okay, well, I guess Miranda Hobbs is still fucking out there somewhere. I'll go, you know, mingle my my soul with her body. But yeah, so her the entire episode is like her trying to to right this wrong. And also, I've got to say, it tracks perfectly with my forecast in our last episode with Chris Parker. 
You can see Miranda is careening towards an absolute catastrophe here as she goes about abruptly ending her marriage to Steve. Steve, I could not have felt more uh, sympathy and empathy for Steve. Like, here's a guy who is could not be more blindsided by like just the weight of what Miranda's been going through and her inability or, you know, lack of empathy to communicate any of it until it arrives at breaking point is staggering. And this like, was another great scene in the episode. Like th- this was a good chat between the two yeah. of them because you're loving the chats. Se- I'm loving the chats. And this show is essentially nothing but chats. A lot of chats and two hogs. It's, that's the secret um, recipe to, to make a good episode for And Just Like That. This is such a grounded conversation because it's Miranda going, like it's it's very sort of relatable and understandable. It's Miranda going, look, I've been unhappy for a long time. I need more than this relationship. I can't believe you didn't see it this way. And Steve's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Our relationship has been in constant tumult the entire time. And in the last 10 years, we've finally gotten into a groove where we've got some semblance of normalcy and reliability and we can sit on the couch and enjoy some evening television and each other's company and raising our child together. And you're like, I need more chaos. And I I was like, I just, I get it, Steve. I understand it. I'm not at a stage of my life yet where I sort of am desperately uh, desiring that sort of quiet comfortability and, um, a lot of couch time, but I understand I'll get there probably when I'm his age with two hearing aids. Oh, totally. And the, you know, the thing to me is like, I'm, I'm not against Miranda getting out there and exploring herself and figuring out what she wants. But Getting fingered you, in a kitchen. You know, I could give two hoots about that. All power to her. But you, you cannot, the amount of effort she put into sustaining or communicating what's happening to Steve or like, you know, exploring their relationship as it exists is she kind of like lured him into fingering her in their kitchen once out of the yeah. blue and he hated like, it yeah they and it, it went poorly for both of them but like that's the extent to which she was like steve i need more in this relationship to steve so you got steve at home watching a game of baseball like safely ensconced in his really lovely coddled little middle class Brooklyn lifestyle and fucking I, this, and there's, the thing there's no good time for these me, conversations. Go ahead, Tim. The, the thing that gets me about it is I feel that Steve has earned this period of his life, you know? Like he ran oh. a bar in New York City. That's fucking hard. He's been with Miranda for decades. That's gotta be really hard. And, He's finally yeah. found a good rhythm for himself and it's all about to be taken away. And they've raised this incredible son. And yeah, it's just it's it's so he's just trying to watch a game of baseball and all of a sudden he's getting a divorce and Miranda is so self-interested in this conversation and it's fine you know like it's 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 a hearty conversation that they have but Miranda's agenda is so front and center the whole way through that afterwards like Steve is understandably devastated basically he's been living on a foundation of lies for the last 10 years of their relationship and there's a lot alluded to in the conversation, which is stuff that might not be canon about the ups and downs of the relationship and how Steve wasn't necessarily enough. I think it was referenced maybe in the prologue of one of the movies where it was like they were talking about how everyone's journeys and how Miranda wasn't sure about Steve, but he was the guy who wound up getting her pregnant. So they sort of wound up being together. He was never enough. And he'd navigated his way through this and made his peace with it and still provided enough to be that person. Miranda's like, hey, Steve, turns out this whole time, my gut was right. You're not enough. I haven't spoken to you about it for 10 years, so I lulled you into a false sense of security. Fuck off. I'm pursuing a comedian. Shady is. Yeah. Guy Montgomery's sworn enemy. Also, earlier in this episode, I, I accidentally uh, misgendered Shay. I referred to Shay as she, and I'd like to apologize to Shay Diaz. I don't want you to think that's anything to do with my disdain for you. It is purely uh, the way you carry yourself as a comedian. But... <laughs> <laughs> basically then Miranda like calls up Carrie after the conversation she's like and Carrie's like well how did Steve take it and a rare flash of empathy from Carrie and Miranda's like oh yeah he was upset but the headline is he said he wants me to be happy 
So I'm getting on a plane <laughs> to Cleveland to surprise. That was an insane takeaway from from that like conversation come breakup for Miranda Hobbs to be like, yeah, the, the headline is he wants to be happy. It's like he said a lot of other shit before he said that, and we we heard all that stuff. I I like you know. I do, in my heart of hearts, I know that he's going to be okay. He was sort of just like resigned. He was like, hey, Miranda, yeah. you've done this before, a version yeah. of this. I'm not going to fight for it. And I also really loved it when Steve was like, she was, Miranda was saying her piece, and Steve was like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I was like, fuck. But the thing of it is, like, the, I I thought the first half of this episode, aside from that Charlotte storyline, I was sort of like, this feels like air. Like we should be getting somewhere right now because we're we're arriving at the end of the season. It just it was a well, lot of these kinda, chats, but without the depth. You but missed then, one big ticket item, go which ahead. is that Shay did say to Miranda that, that Shay said they were in love with Miranda. Yes, but also you need to fucking sort your life out. Well, there were two. There were, there were yeah. There were two things that were tacked onto that. You need to sort your shit out. I'm not a home wrecker, and also, I love you, but I cannot give you something traditional. Mm. And Miranda, this is this is where I fear for Miranda, and I think that we're gonna we're gonna be approaching some sort of car crash towards the end of the season because Miranda is so swept up in the excitement of realizing that she's gay and she's feeling passion and love and she feels alive again. And all of Miranda's eggs are in the Shay Diaz basket. And I just think it's going to be too much too soon for Shay. How's Miranda going to deal with Shay wanting an open relationship or being polyamorous? It's, uh, it's surely, I, I think it's going to be too much too soon. I don't know if Miranda's definitely gay. I think she's, she's figuring it out. I think there's, uh, um, yeah, there's a, a myriad of options of how it's going to land. But I mean, I, I just look forward to finding out alongside Miranda. Absolutely. And at the end of the episode, Miranda's excitedly, and this is another sort of teaser I thought for the demise or like, you know, the challenge of Miranda's um, romantic art with Shay. She's on the phone in the car, in the cab on the way to Cleveland. And I, I mean, I love a big swing. I love a big gesture, but just, I just feel like she's not going to arrive to see what she wants to in Cleveland. And um, Carrie's like, uh, Miranda's so excited and Carrie can't quite take it away from me. Miranda's like, I'm in a romantic, co- I'm in a rom-com. I'm in a romantic comedy. And uh, Carrie's like, okay, have a safe <laughs> flight. Do you know what's, um, what's funny about this episode as well? Is that we've got Charlotte who is grappling with um, trying to present a sex positive but still responsible version of parenting to her uh, 15-year-old daughter who has... A, walked in on her um, about to give her husband a blowjob, but B, is sort of exploring her own, um, what would you call it? Which is, she's got an Instagram account where she's putting some, yeah. some she's a, nice she's photos a teenager. of herself up. She's in the, she's in the throes yeah. of puberty. It's a challenging. She's 15. It's a fascinating time for any person to go through. It's scary. Charlotte finds a photo of her, and I wouldn't even describe it as like at all provocative, but just, you know, a, a, a a photo of Lily where she's wearing like remotely tight um, fitness clothing and Charlotte freaks out. So she's navigating all these things, which is like, you know, it's some, some juicy territory for um, parenthood. We've got uh, Cynthia Nixon's failed gubernatorial run, which has led to her returning to Miranda Hobbs, who is now struggling to find out what it means to be in a longstanding marriage with someone raising your child, losing the love, questioning your sexuality, exploring a uh, non-traditional relationship, the first of its kind in your life while you're in your 50s. And we've got Carrie Bradshaw, whose through line in this episode is, she's got a neighbor. She has a neighbor downstairs. That's (laughs) That's right. But, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it was one of Carrie's best episodes. We did not mourn big for a second in this episode. And we didn't hear from Samantha. So well done, everyone. And didn't that feel relaxing? Didn't you feel like the show was finally realizing what it could be, which was a show about the characters who were fucking here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not uh, Carrie. Yeah. Importantly. It's like, we're checking on Carrie, but I don't need to be with her for too long. I've got to talk about uh, Carrie's neighbor. or I mean, the, the neighbor... She seemed quite cool. She's a successful jewelry designer from California who's moved to New York for the lifestyle. 
She uh, was always having friends over. They're staying up late. It's keeping Carrie up. Carrie feels like she's a sort of an old witch, the wicked witch of the West Side. And, um, you know, she's a, she's Stoop Girl. I didn't catch her name, but I just wrote down uh, that she is Stoop Girl. Um, yeah. Because she hangs out on the stoop and makes too much noise every night. Keeps her up. I uh, just want to quickly talk about the the not the not the neighbor, not Stoop Girl herself, but the company she's keeping because I mean I've been on both sides of the noisy neighbor situation. I've been a noisy neighbor. I've been next to neighbors who are noisy. Uh, it's just it's just you know growing pains in life. And this Stoop Girl is keeping some pretty like I thought Shay Diaz represented some of the worst comedy for the greatest reward in the show, but the guy that uh stoop girl is dating who turns out to be a a real piece of work he gets unceremoniously dumped for sleeping around at the end of the episode uh it's like i don't know there's a few people gathered on the stoop now and one of them's talking about how i was flying first class and when the plane landed i said i don't care that we're landed i'm not leaving and it gets a bit it gets big peals of laughter and that that in and of itself bothered me. It's like this guy's he's telling this anecdote with too much confidence. It's not this funny. These people are laughing you too hard. You hate to see people in this show get a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stand it. <laughs> that bothered me. But what bothered me more is when the friend of Stuart goes, uh, he said, this is what he said. He does like he's he's doing a tag on the other guy's guy. Goes air marshal to first class. We have a hostile hipster, and that gets an even bigger laugh. And that made me even angrier because <laughs> it was such a big swing for such a bad gag. And I wanted to see the moment where you take a big swing on a gag and it bombs. And I wanted to see him feel vulnerable. But everyone's rolling. It's a great hang, and they're all laughing. And I, at, at that moment, because I was like, these people look cool. They're having a good time. They're hanging out on a stupid New York. I wouldn't mind being there. But listening to what they were laughing at. All of a sudden, all my empathy poured into Carrie Bradshaw. And I was like, if they were being funny, maybe then. Funny or interesting, maybe I could tolerate these noisy neighbors. But for them to be sitting outside cackling at some of the worst material I've heard drives me up the fucking wall. But this was, okay, I know it's television, so it shouldn't be reflecting real life super accurately. But this is what it's like to be with a bunch of friends. You get on a roll, someone throws a dinger out there. It doesn't matter. Spirits are high, man. You you, yeah. you buoy each other and you raise oh, you do, each other you do, up and you, you share your laughter freely and without question. I only laugh when someone says something funny. That is a guiding <laughs> principle. It's uh, it's just a big part of 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 how I live my life. Look, I I you're right, Tim, and I'm glad you said it. To, you said it out loud to me. Is that I do I hate to see a, I hate to see a character get a laugh on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I co-sign the laugh, um, I I don't know who I was, I was talking to someone about this. I think last year, um, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one, famously one of the better years there's ever been. Um, about like what it means to be a person who people really want to hang out with, and I reckon a key component that doesn't get talked about enough is being an easy laugh. If you've yeah. got like a, if you can do a genuine, uh, easily gifted laugh to people in conversation, you are instantly so much more likable. And I, oh, I want to hang out with you. It's undeniable. I think of um, Alice Sneddon as one of the great laughs. <laughs> yeah. Alice Sneddon is a great hang because you will always feel like you are on a roll in her company. But there's also, it, there's also a discernment to it. Chelsea's actually a great laugh. But it's split between laughing at what you're saying and if you tried to be funny and it fails, there's a very clear delineation in the way she's laughing where she's laughing mm-hmm. at you. And, you know, I, res- I respect that. I, but, but it yeah, hurts. I, but well, It hurts too. Later on, that same guy who was telling the first class story says he's telling a story about how his landlord or someone wants him to move out and his, mm-hmm. his big line that gets a big laugh. We don't even see this being delivered. We just hear it from Carrie's apartment. Is so I said, yeah, I can move out. I can move out whenever you want. How's never? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. Oh, man. That sucks. Fair enough. That one sucks. Um, Seema is also in this episode, just as sort of, I, I mean, I would say a handbag for Carrie to sort of <laughs> produce at times when they need to 
showcase yeah. they didn't forget about diversity. Um, sorry if that sounds a little cynical, but that was my reading of um, her placement hey, in this show, for, really. For your read. In this episode. Uh, and so Carrie, what's going on with Carrie this episode, Guy? She is exploring her past through her fashion. Which, for the first time ever, I was sort of on board with. You look so confused. She's got all of her clothes laid out in a big walk-in wardrobe, and Lily's coming over periodically to like sift through and I think help organize and maybe take a few pieces home that she can now sort of fit because she's you know growing up and mm-hmm. um, Carrie's quite small, so <laughs> I guess they're the same size. And Carrie produces a dress that is a shit. Who was it? Um, it's Versace. And it's a made Versace dress. Grey feathers. She, she referred to as her pride and joy, produces it for Seymour and says that she's only worn it twice ever, once at um, Fashion Week in Mulan or Paris or something, and another where she um, sat at home and ate some cake, I think, wearing it, which like, yeah, yes, queen, et cetera. The dress sucks, you know, for my yeah, mind. Yeah. I don't know anything about fashion, but I'm like, I don't get it. The, the colours... Very like drab and it's it's uh, it's too puffy. I don't get it, man. Yeah, I was totally with you, but uh, yeah, I mean, our, our eyes are probably off on this. But I was like, this is my yeah. pride and joy, and I thought, Carrie, your apartment should be your pride and joy. This dress is a piece of shit. It's like, <laughs> but to get to that point of uh, the best people to be around are kind of um, uh, easy and genuine laughs. Seema is just right on board with it. She's like, "This is this is absolutely gorgeous. What am I looking at here? How Seema, do I obtain yeah, it?" Yeah. Seema is a good hang, and also yeah. there was actually a moment I really enjoyed where uh, uh, it's after the dress reveal and Carrie shows it, and Seema says, um, oh, "I wrote it down. Actually, I've got to make sure I get it." Carrie does it. Oh, Seema says. What are you going to do with it aside from leaving it to me in your will? And mm. Carrie does this great little laugh, which is like an acknowledgement of a joke, but not one that she found sincerely funny. But it's like an amusing thought. And she goes, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I love that little moment. Do you know, this is I've another got... thing I'm noticing now. I like it when the laugh corresponds exactly to how funny I think the thing is. Oh, okay. Yeah, scale is important. Sort of a, a, a um, appropriate response. Yeah. What is it called? Proportionate. You want a proportionate response in the laughter. Absolutely. Um, I've got two final things I want to bring up here, Monty. The first is I just can't understand why Shay is in love with Miranda. I know that you're not Shay's number one fan, but let's just take the character as they're I like presented. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. I like Su- this angle of thought. Successful comedian, successful podcaster, really can like whip up a crowd you know not not successful enough for no reason oh i also forgot a moment that i really liked in this episode bobby lee yes 100 percent. carrie bradshaw ringing bobby lee to go hey how do i ask my neighbor to be quiet and it's like uh you're a 54 year old woman yeah but bobby lee's really nice about it he does a great job and uh bobby lee's like she was like i didn't wake you did it did i and bobby lee's like no nah, my girlfriend is um sewing and she's like you got a girlfriend and bobby's like yeah i, I got a whole life <laughs> yeah <laughs> which Great is line. A, it's it's Great just read. a perfect reminder that carrie bradshaw just has never investigated a single detail of either of, of her podcast co-hosts lives no um, which and is even, is right even on yeah camera. like even as her her friend literally explodes her marriage of yeah however long for her podcast co-host and boss carrie barely bats an eyelid or yeah. shows any invested or level of depth of interest in like either end of that relationship. She's just yeah. like quietly like, well, okay, Miranda, you know best. Mm. Um, it was insane. The amount of shit that everyone's been through for Carrie's like I know. major and minor tips with partners. Was, Jesus Christ, the return another, the favor. Just before we get to what does Shay say Miranda, there's another thing because Miranda goes out with Charlotte and... Carrie. And it's again, it's, it's a great scene for chat. We've got three women who have all got different things to bring to the chat. And Miranda's undeniably is front and center. It's, hey guys, tonight after this meal, when I'm having dessert with my husband, I'm going to ask him for a divorce because, you know, I've been fucking your boss, Carrie. And everyone's like, wow. And it, it feels like it's sort of just about to be treated with the gravitas. And then I can't remember how it happens, but Charlotte winds up telling about how she was afraid that Lily saw her blow, about to blow Harry. 
Yeah. And then Miranda like totally parks this life altering decision, which to me tells me that like, you know, it, it, again, she's, she's setting what was happening and is like, um, you still blow your husband. And then just keeps banging the you still blow Harry drum. Yeah, the, for like- the line is you still blow Harry is said by both uh, uh, Miranda and Carrie like so many times. It's like, it's- guess what? Some people are still enjoying their marriage and some people's husbands are still alive. Get used to it. <laughs> I re- but I really like that. That that gave me a lot of respect for Charlotte. And, and like my respect for Charlotte has grown. <laughs> Imagine... Imagine if when she was saying that they had a little nod to Arrested Development, <laughs> Charlotte just said, "Oh, you're outraged by that? Well, I'm sorry, Gary. Not everyone's husband is yeah. dead." Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was completely inappropriate. Um... Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, so, but okay, let's, let's track back here. Let's track back mm. to what does Shay Diaz see in Miranda? Pops. Oh yeah. So, what's their first ins- their first meeting is Miranda exploding at Shay, and this is coming from a place of, I think, deep unresolved frustration in her life. But Shay gives Brady weed, and Miranda blows up, and Shay calls Miranda I mean, Rambo. Arguably, she's you know, I, 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 hey, listen, there's no definitive answer on this, but I would say she's probably within her rights to get really pissed about that because he's still a minor, right? Like Brady, the rat King may be a fuck machine, but I think he's still like what? 17. What's no, the I age think... of consent in New York? You've got to assume it's 18, less than right. however old Brady is in the world of the show, but that's, that's their meeting. So that they, they meet and Shay see like I'm just trying to visualize what Shay sees in Miranda from the outset, and that is it's seventeen. Uh, there you go. Shay sees a very strong-minded, passionate, articulate woman who loves her family. And while you know all a lot of that that might have been directed towards Shay, there is still I think from Shay a, a respect for that level of you know. Of love and self belief mm. in one's values, and, from and ferocity. There, yeah, from there, I guess. Do you know what I mean? To me, a, a big part of what Shay would see in Rand would be the allure of, uh, not unattainable woman, because we are to believe that Shay thought Miranda was in an open marriage. But like, is Miranda alluring to Shay? She must be. Look, she's very beautiful. There's no getting away from that, but she's a little bit older than Shay. Um, she is sort of at least straight passing at the start. But you're right. I guess maybe there is a an, an element of um, the chase uh, in it for Shay. But it just, I don't know. After that 
first bit where Miranda gets really angry at Shay for giving her son weed. She's such a shrinking violet. Mm. And, and the rest of her interactions with Shay. And it just, it, it appears to me that Shay, as Shay is presented in this show, they would want a partner that is at that kind of level of intensity and um, yeah. self-actualization. And I don't know, just like having themselves figured out a little bit more. I but, guess maybe. But the heart sh- wants sh- what sh- the heart wants. Well, yeah, it, also there, there's probably, you know, it might be a turn on. It's probably quite empowering to, to help someone realize their sexuality and to be the object of desire to someone is that, you know, sort of self-actualizing, as you say, or like, you know, starting to identify who they are beneath all the layers they've put on. And I imagine that, that there's a, a, a powerful sort of erotic mystique to being that person for someone else. Yeah. And I also guess the other thing that we need to consider and that Miranda needs to consider, although Shay does say that they're in love with Miranda, is that Shay is... um. Shay's probably having a lot of a lot of good times on the side with other people. Shay can't offer something traditional. Yeah, Shay's out there looking out for Shay, and so yeah, yeah. It's I, I mean it's a it's a great question, and again, it, it does all feed into my unified theory that Miranda is careening towards heartbreak. Maybe, but I mean, Shay professed their love for Miranda in this episode, so that's what makes me think you're wrong. But I don't even care about that because, guy, I've got a more important question to throw at you. And okay. that is, once Brady the Rat King finds out that Miranda has ended her long-standing marriage to Brady's father, Steve, is there going to be rodent hell to pay for this? Do you think that Brady the Rat King will corral his armies and uh, circle the wagons to launch some sort of attack Look, I on think his mum? It's an interesting question. I think Br- Brady will... You know, it'll be a lot to process for Brady because Brady will want to support, as as we can see by Brady's attendance at the parade slash rally slash beat poetry gig. Uh, there's a lot of there'll be a lot of love and support for for Miranda, and you know, to to realise that his mum was hiding part of herself through his entire childhood will be challenging. But I think he'll have a lot of empathy for Steve. And to be honest, you know, we're looking at a former mayor of New York. A man who has happily, I think, retired a lot of his vim and vigor as mm. his, he's, he's settled into a comfortable pace of life and a very sound place in his marriage. You know, I'd be looking out for Steve. I think if Steve comes to Brady and says, son, we need to put some energy into my life, I think that's when we're going to be looking at, um, you know, a, a lot of, well, just like, there's a lot of energy between the three members of that family. Even as they go their separate ways, there's a lot of, of energy and a lot of potential to create havoc. I don't know that, Brady, that, that his parents splitting up is enough to drive Brady to, to doing anything totally rash because I feel like Brady himself is in a pretty good spot. But I, I do feel like if Steve gets on his back and is like, son, I'm going to need some rats. I'm going to need them here yeah. at this time. I, I, I think Brady's not a long way away from activating that. We may have had the correct premonition about Brady's eventual fate, but had the timeline slightly wrong with him becoming the Rat King. I know that you think he's on sure enough ground at the moment, and maybe he's he's a young adult now, so he's kind of um, old enough to weather the emotional storm of his parents splitting up with a little bit more capacity than if he was a younger lad. But maybe we're wrong on that um, because maybe this is the turning point. This is when he uh, starts to descend into the sewers of the Big Apple and figures out how to teach rats how to train other rats because, as we all know, um, teach a rat and you've got one rat under your command, but teach a rat how to train other rats and you've, you're Brady you the Rat King. an army of rats. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's look. I I look as we're getting tantalizingly close to the final episode now. I still hold out hope that we're going to see the realization of our vision for Brady the Rat King. Um, I couldn't really give too much of a shit about the rest of these women, with the possible exception of um, I'm going to say Charlotte. Like I am kind of keen to see where everything lands. With Rock wasn't in this episode at all as well, and I feel like that's quite a big storyline to just not you know. But this, this show sort of. Keeps doing that. They keep picking up 
sort of interesting things and looking at them in front of the camera. And then the next yeah. episode, you're like, I wonder if they're still going to be, you know, analyzing this storyline or pursuing this concept. And then they've just put it back in down fact, where it was. Should we have an in memoriam for people who weren't in this episode? Rock, yeah. not in it. Um, Anthony and the Hot Fellas, none of them are in it. Samantha, bless, blessedly, kept out of it. Both not in it and not mentioned. Also, let's pour some out for, uh, hold on, here we are, Lisa Todd Wexley, friend of Charlotte. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lisa's been in this quite a lot with her husband. Yeah, Dr. Naya Wallace and Andre Richard Wallace, not featured. Uh, Herbert Wexley, not featured. Mm. And then, do you know who I, I mean, let's, let's cast our minds back to Big Secretary, who I felt like was going to be such a big part of the season. Not yeah. featured. Uh, she was in one episode, guy. Oh, no, two. And and she was like, they were gearing up for her to be a big friend. Yeah. Um, Peter carries potential romantic interest at the end of the last oh, episode. yeah. Rest in peace, brother. Lest we forget. But do you want to do a favorite, um, favorite character, least yep, favorite character? I'd love to. Favorite character, Charlotte. Wow. Come along. We've wow. come a long way, baby, in the great words of Fat Boy Slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a great time with her this episode. I'm just like, I'm happy for her and Runkle's relationship. I'm happy for Charlotte. I feel like she is, of the three protagonists of the show, her character arc and storyline across the season has shown the most growth. She's shown the great greatest capacity for empathy towards her family, and her friends. Um, and I think I came to this season expecting her to continue her sort of hapless entitled entitlement. And so um, for that reason, I'd like to, be- to bestow the current honor of my favorite character, least Throwing favorite in. character. I've probably already done it, but I, I have no issue with um, reissuing a, a stamp for Miranda, who I just found to be... wow. Um, conducting herself. I mean, on one hand, I'm still happy for for this journey of self discovery, but on the other hand, I'm just like, there's a lot of collateral that she is choosing to ignore on this journey. And I, I um, you know, you know, I'm a big Steve guy. I know you are. I've got a um, three way tie for favorite character, which I know is outrageous, but I can't separate them in my head. Um, we've got Shay Diaz, and this isn't just to antagonize you guy. Legitimately thought that Shay had some great points to make to Miranda's face and mm-hmm. did so okay. uh, with with courageousness and um, a lack of abandon or awkwardness about just meeting a challenge head on about a relationship that was good. Um, Steve, hashtag justice for Steve, because I also thought Steve was just like, I was watching that conversation just going, fuck, man, I hear you. I hear every syllable coming out of your mouth. This is a goddamn tragedy for you. Um, and Stoop Girl was my also tied for third place. Um, Stoop Girl, I thought, is is a vision of myself that I remember fondly from, you know, probably my mid to late 20s, hanging out with friends, being too loud, uh, carousing on steps of houses and buildings with people making too much noise too late at night. But then also Stoop Girl went and apologized to yep. Carrie for making so much. It's it was true. great. Didn't hurt as well that, that you know, um, Zoe and I bought, both brought this up while we were watching. She is absolutely gorgeous and just, she's she's wearing some very cool clothes. There's, Carrie walks in because she's left the music on and she's fallen asleep and the music's really loud. It's four in the morning. And she's just like, uh, passed out on her couch with this really beautiful champagne flute and this gorgeous dress just draped on yeah. her. A real it's vision. A, it's and a my least elegant favorite coma. Character, it really is. Um, oh, I did have someone for this. Who was it? Uh, least fa- Oh, Stoop Girl's boyfriend. Um, yep. But, Dude. you know, for kind of obvious reasons, he, he was a real jerk, real piece of shit. Um, nice to see his penis. Nice to see any penis. Uh, great to see two in this episode, but his was a real one. So yeah. uh, that was good, but it I'd, doesn't change yeah. the fact that he's a piece of shit. 
Absolutely. He's got a bad sense of humor and his friends aren't funny either. Uh, as as soon as I said my least favorite was Miranda, I couldn't help but think just how frustrated I got at the company that was being kept on that stoop. But I'm glad that <laughs> my frustration has been represented through your least favorite character. And I'm I'm glad that we've got another episode in the bin. I mean, there's two to go. And it is interesting to think whether or not this is a show and an experience in terms of making this podcast I'm going to miss. Mm-hmm. I like that you said in the bin. Like normally you say in the can, which I think is an old Hollywood term for putting the reel of celluloid in a sealed container to, you know, process later. But the, the episodes of our podcast, you're right, they're completed and they are thrown into a trash can of your podcast feed, dear libertarian yeah. listener. So I, I, enjoy I, the rubbish yeah. we make. I consider your brain and its processes as my garbage repository (laughs) so thank you for listening and i look forward to seeing you next week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.